Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Jacobite Clans, our culture of Perth and Kinross podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Flora MacDonald and Bonnie Prince Charlie. For those of you who don't know, the portraits of Flora and Charlie have been loaned to us by the National Galleries of Scotland. And we're going to be discussing the amazing story of Flora and how she came to meet Charles Edward Stewart. Now, Nikki, I know that lots of books and histories uh, have been written about Bonnie Prince Charlie, but what do we know about Flora? Because from my knowledge, all I know is she's like the person who ruled him over the sea to sky, you know, as it says in the song. Can you elaborate a bit more on that? Well, well, the song has made her popular. I mean, it is a popular song. Um, and we're delighted to have the Wilson portrait here. It's really lovely to see it up close. Um, but the song seems to say it all in many ways. Flora is like many other women in this period, many other Jacobite women, in that they, they become famous just for the Jacobite part of their lives, the sort of the daring deed or the heroic act. Um, and and, I, and I'm, I, I get anxious about that, that we don't see all of their lives, just that little part of it. So um, legend and myth can then take over. So it, it is worth exploring their story further. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, so who was Flora then? Well, she was born on the um, island of South Uist um, in the Hebrides, the third and last child of uh, Ranald MacDonald and his second wife, Marion. Um, the day and the month of her birth are unknown and her birthplace has apparently been demolished, but there's a cairn that marks the site if you visit there. Uh, Flora has been thought of, really, as, as many people think of her as a, a poor sort of peasant girl, you know, somebody that quite lowly, but she actually comes from quite a good family uh, and she was raised as a Presbyterian. Her father was a cousin of the chief of the Macdonalds of Clan Ranald and was related to the powerful Argyle Campbells. Um, her mother could claim connections to the Macdonalds of Sleet on the Lords of the Isles on Skye. So um, Flora had two older brothers, Angus, who um, eventually inherited the family home, um, and Ranald, who died in an accident as a young man. But she grew into being quite a cultured young woman. Um, it's known that she sang well, she played the spinet, um, she danced. I mean, that's all quite polite accomplishments, if you like. There have been claims that she went to school in Edinburgh, but, but there's no evidence of that. So that's very much like her life prior to Bonnie Prince Charlie. So how did she actually come about in meeting him? Well, 1745, when Prince Charles Edward Stuart, he's back in Scotland, Flora's brother had taken over the family home in South Uist and Flora had apparently moved to Armadale and Skye with her mother and her stepfather. Um, Skye was pretty much untouched by the, the campaign because the chief of Slate refused to join the prince and had actually raised a regiment among his clansmen in support of the government. After Charles Edward's defeat at Culloden in, in April 1746, his escape took him to the friendly <laughs> Clan Ranald Island of South Uist. And of course, Flora happened to be visiting her brother at that time, so she's actually there at that time. Um, the prince was actually very close to being captured. There were very thorough searches um, in looking for him. But unknown to Flora, uh, a plan was being devised to take Charles off the Outer Isles and back to Skye, disguised as her Irish maid, Betty Burke. Um, and the first sheil end of the scheme was apparently when the prince was brought to her secretly um, on an evening um, at a shilling um, or a summer pastor where she, she'd been spending time. Um, Flora's kinsmen were with the prince, but they each give differing accounts of this story. But it's believed that the prince himself asked Flora to help and she reluctantly agreed. It does seem a little bit pre-organised, <laughs> I think. And um, is, so, like to me, it's really coming across as like she just happened to be here, and here she is returning home with her maid. And is that the cover story? 
Well, it does seem a bit seamless, doesn't it? I mean, uh, and, and apparently who planned the escape has never really been fully explained. Flora's stepfather is the chief suspect for that, so he probably was using the fact that she was around, obviously, to, to, to do everything. He commanded the militia in South Uist and Benbecula at that time, and, um, and it was he who ordered the release of Flora when she was captured. And it was also her stepfather who um, allowed the pass to permit Flora to, to make the journey to Skye, um, accompanied by one Betty Burke, an Irish girl, who she tells me is a good spinster. That's taken from the, 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 um, the documentation at the time. Uh, Lady Clan Ranald helped to make the the, 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 Burke, the Betty Burke dress and the Prince and Flora set sail um, on the night of the 28th of June in a, in a small boat crewed mainly by militiamen. Uh, many tales were told afterwards about the escape. Um, so that, that's where all the films and all the other stories mm-hmm. and things come from. Uh, but Flora's favourite was the one in which she um, forbade Charles to carry his pistols under the petticoat of his dress, telling them that if searched, they would give him away. And and he basically says, you know, well, there's a lot more to give me away <laughs> than that. So um, she apparently that was her favourite favourite story. Um, Charles Edward landed at Skye, close to the home of Macdonald of Sleet, and Flora brought the prince to the house where the chief's wife, Lady Margaret, gave him a meal. Um, the boatmen were sent back to Uist, but unfortunately they were arrested and confessed. Mm. Flora was also arrested, but the prince um, fled. So he goes first to Rassay and then to the mainland, and he remained there in hiding until he was picked up. Uh, in September, so it's quite a long, long period of time as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all pretty dramatic stuff, mm-hmm. and it's clearly there's no wonder that they made films around it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Flora. Um, she's taken on board a ship which would take her south, um, and she was interviewed um, and apparently answered with great courage. But she's quite savvy. She doesn't really give very much away. Uh, apparently, her answers concealed as much as they revealed. Um, so she's quite um, she's quite astute. Um, she's taken to London. Uh, but treated well and there's some doubt as to whether she was taken to the tower I think some people think she was imprisoned there but it seems she did spend most of her imprisonment in a private house um, until her release some days after this sort of general amnesty was declared in July of 1747 Um, there's a document I always love getting into the archives there's a document in the National Archive at Kew um, which is her statement on this escape of Charles Edward Stewart from South Uist um, and it's dated the 12th of July 1746 and, um, and it gives all the details on how his escape was managed, his disguise and where he stayed. I, I think that's amazing as well because you think you just know the story of them going over to Sky on the boat, you don't really think about the aftermath yeah. so she was actually interviewed and it was all set down what had happened yeah, then. absolutely and and it's, it, the, it is a fascinating document it's also been put online, you can actually, if you look up the National Archives and look for these documents lots of them actually have been digitised and put online and you can read the transcription or read the actual document which is great I, I'm going to read a few lines of it just, just here um, taken from the, from the account the 30th of June, Miss Macdonald set out on horseback for Portree, having first desired the young pretender might put on his own clothes, as she had observed that the other dress rather made him more suspected. Mm. Miss got to Portree about 12 at night, where she found Macdonald Macdonald, who'd been sent before to procure a boat. Then the young pretender arrived about an hour after. Here he took some refreshment, changed a guinea, paid the reckoning, put, took his leave of Miss Macdonald and went out with Donald Macdonald, but who, after seeing him to the boat, returned. She believes he went to Rassi, but cannot tell what has become of him since. So that's him, you know, paying what he does and took his leave of Miss MacDonald. So, but as I say, you can go online and read the whole thing and it, and it does give a real sense of her, as it's taken from her own words and responses, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I suppose there wasn't really anything uh, anyone could do once Charlie was beyond capturing. Um, 
you know, was there much point in punishing Flora or making an example of her? Well, it, it doesn't seem they thought so. Um, she stays with a Jacobite sympather, Lady Primrose, um, in London, and, and she actually raised a subscription for her, um, I think around the sum of about um, over £1,500. Wow. Um, and then she left to travel to Edinburgh, and this was in August. But Flora didn't travel back to the Hebrides. I think that was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't go back immediately. Um, uh, and she spent the winter um, in Edinburgh taking lessons to improve handwriting apparently. Okay so I mean do you think she maybe used this as like a chance to stay away from her home from the islands you know and maybe London in Edinburgh life may not have seemed quite as attractive to her especially after island life? Well well, actually I think I, I think um, you know it must have been pretty exciting for her maybe being in Edinburgh and London was actually quite exciting so I think um, she doesn't seem in a rush to get home at that point. Um, Rescuing a prince, a dangerous journey, covert activity, the hint of a love affair. It's all pretty romantic in a way. But yeah, perhaps travel and adventure did sort of change her view of home. Um, I can't think that, you know, maybe that a lot of Jacobites um, who, who also joined uh, the prince would have done it for much the same reason. Um, Charles Edward Stuart was a figure who commanded people. They did follow him and for various reasons. But for some folk who lived perhaps quite remote lives or in limited circumstances, maybe these times offered something different and exciting. Um, and who would say no to, to adventures, you know? So Flora was on her own adventure and the prince was certainly on his. So. Yeah, of course. I mean, and she did return to home to the islands, isn't she? She did, yeah. She she returned to Skye in the summer of 1747, but apparently went back to London to arrange her finances at some point as well. Um, by 1750, she'd married a kinsman, Alan MacDonald, um, a good-looking, amiable young man with good farming ideas, but apparently not terribly business-minded. Uh, they had seven children and although Flora did have money these farming years were difficult and they were in quite poor financial straits um, it was during this period that um, Sam, Samuel Johnson and James Boswell visited and Boswell wanted to find her and see her so he described Flora um, as a little woman of genteel appearance uncommonly mild and well-bred um, Flora was very taken with Johnson and apparently confided more of her story to him than she ever did to anyone All right, else. Wow. Yeah. Um, probably in response to these financial problems, they actually um, they, they leave Scotland and they go to North Carolina in 1774, where members of the family were already living. But almost immediately then we're getting into the American War of Independence. So um, neither Flora nor her husband um, were in any doubt that their duty lay with their king. Yeah. So Flora encouraged Highlanders to join the Royal Highland Immigrants 84th Regiment and her son and her husband um, and her son-in-law served. Um, and of course they were uh, they, they were defeated and her husband was eventually imprisoned. Uh, she did not seem to regret being involved though, but she did suffer great hardship when her husband was imprisoned and, and eventually she and her husband are reunited. But after all she's been through, she's very homesick um, and the return uh, to this country uh, in 1779. Um, sadly, two of her sons were lost at sea um, and she eventually settled again in Skye, but her health was, was very poor, which I suppose is understandable. But they might well have settled in Nova Scotia. I think that was her husband's plan, but they weren't given enough compensation to make this possible, so quite poor still. Mm, so it's not it's not going to be one of these sad stories. Mm-hmm. She's not going to end up dying in illness and poverty after all this, is she? <laughs> no. Um, oh, that's good. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> going to go that way as well. No, they do have some good fortune. Another son, um, actually, one thing about having lots of children, um, another son made a lot of money um, and they lived quite comfortably and ended their days near Kingsborough and Skye. Um, Almost the only clue Flora gave to a reason for agreeing to assist Prince Charles lies in the answer um, to George's son, Prince Frederick. 
um, she met him in London. Um, when, he, he, when he asked why she had helped his father's enemies, she replied that she would have done the same for him as she found him in distress. So I think that's quite nice that, you mm-hmm. know, she's basically, she wasn't really setting her colours to the mass, she just saw somebody in distress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she died, 1790, I think it is, mm-hmm. her husband a couple of years later. Okay. I mean, it's quite it's quite a nice end to, like, quite an adventurous life. Mm-hmm. And then we have this portrait um, on loan from National Galleries of Scotland. So can you tell me a bit more about that? Well, the artist is Richard Wilson. I, I don't know a, a huge amount about um, uh, fine art and things, but he's best known as a landscape painter, but he established his reputation in London as, as doing portraits. Um, we don't know why or how he came to be commissioned to paint her, although it's clear that she became something of a celebrity among supporters of the Jacobite cause in the capital. I think that must have been an interesting time mm-hmm. she was there, what was really going on. Um, the portrait was probably painted after a release while she was staying in London with Lady Primrose. Um, Flora recalled that Lady Primrose had insisted on her sitting to some of the, the first artists. So, you know, she's obviously was aware that other people were interested. By tradition, the portrait was actually presented to a naval officer who had shown her kindness and sympathy during her transfer by ship from Scotland to London. And it remained in his family until it was purchased for the Portrait Gallery in 1931. Um, I think what's really interesting about the portrait is that it kind of promoted Flora. She understood her own situation enough at that time to see the value of having it created, or at least agreeing to sit for the artist. Um, And she did understand its use in keeping her image visible and her story known. Mm-hmm. And then we've also got Sky Boat Song. Now, everybody knows Sky Boat Song. I know, I know, but it's a bit of a fake, really. Oh, it's no. Not, it's not of the period, yeah. I think um, people talk about it as if, you know, it was handed down through the tradition and generations. But it, it was actually written in the 1880s by a man called Harold Bolton. Um, and it has caught the spirit of her adventure, although there's there's only really a passing reference to her. Um, by the time the song was written, um, the world really had come under the spell of Flora MacDonald as a legend. So um, it was carried round as a song is um, by um, Scots who had emigrated. And actually, it's very strange because they didn't settle there, but nowhere, well, in Nova Scotia, but nowhere was it more enthusiastically accepted than in uh, than Nova Scotia, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. It's an absolutely fascinating story. Um, so for people who don't know, Jacobite Clans uh, actually finishes at the end of this month, October 26, and is open. the museum is open it's, uh, six days a week, 10am till 5pm, Tuesday to Sunday. There's also a complimentary exhibition, Icons, which is an artist's interpretation of Flora MacDonald that's in the adjacent gallery to Jacobite Clans, and that's done by... Uh, a local artist, Belle Jones. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, you can find all the information about our exhibitions, museum opening times, everything else that we do on www.culturepk.org.uk. Uh, thank you for listening very much, Nicola. Thank you again, thank you again for your time. And we'll see you next week for more. <laughs> <laughs>